When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, episode 126. Some kids never grow up. What's a week without a mass shooting? This time it was in Illinois on Independence Day. Just look at the perpetrator. That will tell you the motive. Green and red highlights in his hair. Neck and face tattoos. An aspiring rapper. But yet, the old right wing white supremacist trope is being rolled out. The former Prime Minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe, was killed by an assassin using a homemade shotgun. Japan has some of the world's strictest gun control laws, but those laws couldn't stop this murder. Violent leftist protesters for Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh to flee a restaurant while women in New York trashed a restaurant over a dispute regarding dipping sauce. Is it me or are grown adults who don't get their way acting like spoiled brats these days? The mysterious Georgia Guidestones, a Stonehenge-like structure covered in globalist sayings, has been blown up and destroyed. This thing was constructed in 1980 and was controversial since its unveiling. Someone must have gotten tired of it. Sonny, Agarn, and Paulie Walnuts are dead. Say it ain't so. Rip James Kahn, Larry Storch, and Tony Sirico. And thanks for the entertainment you provided. Tech News. Elon Musk, the richest kid in the whole wide world, has decided not to purchase Twitter after all. He's backing out of the deal because Twitter allegedly won't provide the data to determine what number of accounts on the service are actually spam bots. There goes the hopes and dreams of having a social media platform that's open to all points of view. Myself, I've sworn off participating on these platforms because no matter how free and open they supposedly are, you'll be attacked no matter how benign your comment is. Too many computer tough guys sitting in mom's basement waiting to pounce and respond to you in ways that... They wouldn't have the courage to do face-to-face in what's referred to as real life. I have accounts, but usually just post new episodes of this podcast on them. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Multiple reports on the intertubes are saying that starting with the iPhone 14, only the more expensive Pro models of the phone will be getting the latest silicon. I have mixed feelings about this. 
On one hand, most buyers of the iPhone don't know or even care what chip powers the phone. On the other hand, this means that all the features of the new iOS versions will only work on the Pro models with only a subset available to the regular iPhone. So, for example, let's say there is a feature on the newly released iOS that's a must-have for your use, but will only be available on the more expensive Pro models. This will basically make you spend more money. This is the point of the scheme, I would guess. For all of Apple's virtue signaling and inclusion efforts, the company is making a point to exclude a probable large portion of their customer base that can't afford the more expensive models. For old farts like myself, this isn't much of a problem because I'm not out and about much these days. With prices for the top-end iPhones approaching or, in some cases, even exceeding iPads and laptops, I'd rather invest my money in the latest versions of those rather than plunk down the big bucks on a phone. But what about those people whose phone is their computer? They will probably be forced into buying the latest and greatest iPhone Pro model every two years while an iPad or MacBook would last at least five years and still be usable. If I were just starting out and just had to be in the Apple ecosystem, I'd rock an iPhone SE, Apple Watch SE, and a regular iPad with keyboard and maybe an entry-level MacBook Air. If storage was an issue, I'd buy an external SSD for that MacBook. Well, why pay the dreaded Apple tax for more storage? In fact, if things get rough during my impending retirement, this is a setup I'd probably end up with. Other than that, it was a very, very slow week in tech, unless you're a gamer, if my newsfeed is to be believed. Tech I'm using. My new gifted portable charger is working as expected, still showing a full charge after a couple of weeks of topping off my Apple Watch. The Peloton application has had some updates, which seems to have fixed the heart rate dropouts I was experiencing, and which I whined about in a previous episode. Other than that, there's nothing new to talk about from the old farts household. I'm thinking of trading in my current iPad Air for one of those newfangled M1-chipped iPads in the near future. Besides the phone, the iPad is the iOS device I use the most often, much more than my MacBooks and iMac. Entertainment news. I've just finished watching the first season of Bosch Legacy on Freevee, which is Amazon's prime video free ad supported service. The show is the follow-up or maybe a continuation of one of Prime's first original series, Bosch. I also enjoyed that one and was sad when it ended. Now, I don't know if Amazon had originally planned to air Bosch Legacy on Prime, but decided to launch it on Freevee instead, or had always planned it to premiere that way. But the show was a great way to launch Freebie, which is a revamped and relaunched version of IMDb TV. If they can keep up the momentum, the company will have a winner here, at least in my opinion. You know, there are just no movies out there that would entice me to drag my old butt to a movie theater. All that seems to be being made these days are movies based on comic superheroes and animated films, with both genres getting a large dose of wokeness injected into them. I miss the old spy thrillers or gritty crime movies that were a staple of my long-ago youth. Now, Europe's Studio Canal was putting out movies like this pre-COVID. I don't see this genre from them post-COVID, though. 
perhaps they have a backlog in production and we'll be seeing movies such as this in the future. You know, one can only hope. My lovely wife and I recently watched the movie House of Gucci. We both agreed we wouldn't consider it a great or even good movie. This is the movie that Lady Gaga expected to win an Oscar for. You know, even if the movie was compelling, her performance wasn't what I would call top-notch, no matter what buzz her marketing machine initiated. You know, maybe she should realize she's not that great of an actor. She should stick to songwriting and the like. In other words, don't quit your day job, Lady Gaga. One of her co-stars, Salma Hayek, who, in my opinion, was one of the most stunning-looking women in Hollywood, I'm talking the dust-till-dawn Salma Hayek, is starting to look a little rough around the edges. You know, maybe she should lay off the cigarette habit she picked up while filming Frida a while back. Speaking of smoking, almost all the actors in this flick are smoking in just about every scene. Now, I know during the time period this movie was recreating, it was known for most people smoking, but I lived this period but I don't remember everyone smoking all the time. If you haven't seen House of Gucci yet, well, I'd give it a hard pass. Podcasting news. Joe Rogan, the world's largest and arguably most famous podcaster, recently stated that he could have had former President Donald Trump as a guest on his show, but had declined to do so on more than one occasion. He further stated that he was no fan of the former president and didn't want to help him, citing that he believed he was a threat to our system. What system Mr. Rogan was referring to wasn't really revealed, but my guess would be that he was a threat to our system of government. In my opinion, this kind of alienates a large portion of his audience who might have wanted to hear what the guy had to say. You know, my mother had a saying that I think applies here. Mr. Rogan is getting too big for his britches. I was never a fan of his long-format podcast, but defend his right to decide who appears on his show. But, you know, the Joe Rogan experience won't be on top forever, and one day, he may need a guest like Donald Trump. Just saying. If you're from the great state of New York, you might remember a former and perhaps future New York politician named Anthony Weiner. Uh, I think that's for wrong pronunciation. I think the real German pronunciation would be Weiner, which I think both describe him anyway. Anyway, he was a rising star within the Democratic Party, a protege of Senator Chuck Schumer, and occupied his seat in the House of Representatives when Mr. Schumer was elected to the Senate. He was forced to give up that House seat after seven terms because of sending sexual photos of himself to a woman on Twitter. See how original. He ran unsuccessfully for mayor of New York City and was convicted of sexting with a minor in 2017 and did 21 months in Club Fed. Either he or old Chuck must have made an enemy of someone with the capacity to take down such a figure, not once, but numerous times. Usually these sort of transgressions would be swept under the rug. Well, he's back. Mr. Weiner has a new local radio show and has a new podcast. Well, of course he would have a podcast. <laughs> Well, everyone loves a good comeback story, so I decided to give it a listen. It's called Keys to the City and appears to be a Spotify exclusive. Now, content-wise, it's the same old Democratic talking points, which these days sounds more conservative, at least when you compare it to modern progressive Democrats. 
In regard to the technical aspects of the show, the podcast opens with a professional voiceover announcer, but when the host starts talking, you can tell it's probably produced at his home. The audio isn't bad, at least for the first half, more on that later, but you can hear voices, text message chimes, and constant droning, which might be air conditioning. There is also a pumping effect in his audio, which might be too much compression and or noise gate settings. Midway through, he signals a commercial break, but there are no ads, and when he starts up again to interview a guest, the audio is horrible, suggesting he's using either headphone or computer mics. Surprisingly, his guest audio is a lot cleaner. Speaking of which, his guest was a lifelong Democratic appointee, showing that Mr. Weiner is still loyal to the political party that has since dropped him like a bad habit. After the interview, his audio returns to the previous quality before closing out with some dramatic music. My takeaways from this show are the following. 1. Mr. Weiner wants to run for mayor again. 2. He's not backed by the Democratic Party, at least overtly. And three, he plans on this podcast being a revenue stream. The show notes give a wabcgmail.com email address, but obviously WABC, which is a local AM radio station, is not lending much production assistance to this podcast, though the Red Apple Podcast Network, of which this and other shows are a part of, is the podcasting arm of the radio station. I don't know if this is for Mr. Weiner's convenience or not, in my opinion, neither the podcast or any future run for office will be successful. But hey, then again, what do I know? Last week, I used not one, not two, but three different microphones on the episode. I used my trusty old ElectroVoice RE320 until the last part of the podcast news section, switched to the neat worker bee, then, feeling kooky... I literally dusted off the old Rode Procaster for the rant. In my headphones, I heard three distinct sound signatures. Well, I thought the neat worker bee sounded the best and was surprised at the pleasant sound I attained with the Rode Procaster. I asked for feedback on which sounded better and received zero, none, nada. I then asked friends and family the same questions and had the same results, meaning that no one could really tell the difference. This somewhat relieves my microphone obsession. Well, at least for the time being. It's all in the digital audio workstation processing, I guess. Time for my weekly rant. Inclusiveness. One of the myriads of buzzwords bloviated nonstop by the woke machine, at least in this country. But does this mean it applies to everyone? For example, when I was a lad, I went to parochial grade school also referred to as Catholic school. I lived in what was then a mainly Italian and Jewish neighborhood, meaning the overwhelming majority of children attending the school were of Italian descent. Most of the nuns who taught us at the time and the lay teachers were of the same descent. I remember celebrating Italian culture with various events such as religious festivals and meals where the Italian language was used extensively. Something I and my closest friend at the time, Montague, who was from Barbados and, of course, of African descent, were made to feel like outsiders. That's because we were. Poor Montague even more than I. We didn't make a fuss about it. That's just the way it was. We would both just observe and learn from the experience. People are basically tribal, in my opinion, no matter how integrated our societies have become. This forced inclusivity will eventually have the opposite effect. 
You know, the ones pushing for this are the college-trained Marxists and organizers whose aim is to overthrow our republic and install some utopian communist system. This, of course, has been tried before with disastrous results all over the world. This particular breed of communists will tell you that these older attempts weren't real communism and that they will implement it correctly. To this I say, one of the definitions of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome each time. Them, along with their professors, are the true useful idiots, the first who will be lined up along a wall somewhere and gotten rid of, if they do attain their coveted objective. They would be seen as a threat to the party, whatever it would be called. Here are some examples from the past. The Russians Lenin and Stalin, China's Mao, and the most odious of all, Cambodia's Pol Pot. All that these trained Marxists who were evident during the BLM riots of 2020 would have to do is learn from history and they would realize what I and others are saying is the truth and nothing but the truth. The music is playing, signaling the end is nigh. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you and hope you found it worth your while. You can always contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. You can tell me what things you liked or disliked about the show. I'd love hearing from you. I really would. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Hey, don't you have somewhere else to be? Get off my lawn. I'm out. Stay skeptical. I'll see you next week. Take care. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.